Hello, I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Yes, Nightmare November continues. Nightmare November. I'm going to get that down very projected at some point. Nightmare November. I am loving it. And it is uh, the day after Thanksgiving here in the States, or as everybody else called it, Thursday. Yes. And, um, you know, and, uh, but, uh, you know, it's now Friday and we are all recovering from our Thanksgiving you know, hangovers after eating all the pe- all the food we had from the very you know we we did did you do a historical Thanksgiving dinner? No, I was in Hawaii. I um did a, a steakhouse dinner, at Ruth Chris. Because, oh heck yeah! You know, That's- there's it's I don't know. I I have to say honestly, I don't get into. I know listeners don't send me hate mail um, i do not get into sometimes really big family get-togethers and stuff because i feel like it becomes more work than it's necessarily fun right right you know yeah and that you know and then you know for me it's um you know everybody's always like oh you're the historical guy so of course you have to do a proper historical thanksgiving and you know so you should have cranberry relish and pumpkin pie and turkey and and you know and all that and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. that's not that's not thanksgiving and no. i was like no no that's totally thanksgiving i'm like no 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 you know? <laughs> and they go they go well that's what the you know the puritans ate right up at plymouth rock and and all that and i'm like wait what that's that's not the first thanksgiving oh yeah yeah no that's the first thanksgiving i'm like no that's the that's the historically, you know, that's the Hollywood first Thanksgiving. You know, I love that people can get together for a holiday, but I don't even want to go down the path of how many things are wrong with the celebration of this particular holiday. holiday. Well, and then the other problem is, is, you know, it's the big debate is that is that the first Thanksgiving? Well, because I don't think you think it is. And I feel like even yeah. though I wasn't buckled up yet. That we're gonna yep. go in the way way back machine, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go in the way back machine, and we're gonna talk about is it the first Thanksgiving? Because we've got to go fifty years earlier, even more than the Pilgrims ever even considered coming to Plymouth Rock. Oh wow! Right? And we are, of course, going to our favorite place, La Florida, right? <laughs> uh, Oh, that's a stretch. I, I'm buckled into this way back machine, but I don't know that right. that's my favorite place, but let's do it. Right. So we're going to so, Florida. So huh? In recent years, it has become a thing that the real first Thanksgiving was not in Plymouth. Yeah, you know, which your, your boy, uh, Susie Azard, like to say, you know, came from, they came from Plymouth and landed in Plymouth. What were the odds? Uh, yeah, but uh, they, before them, there were the Spanish colonists had landed in thanks, you know, in, in Florida, and that they were founding their first, you know, 
feast of Thanksgiving. It was actually the first time they had, well, see, we got to go back a little bit even further because all okay. across Europe. You know what, Mark, I'm going to need you to take a breath. So wherever right. we're going in the way back machine, the ride's getting bumpy. I'm just yeah, letting yeah. you know I'm bumpy in this ride. Where are we okay, going? We got to go a little further back, right? Okay. Okay. In Europe, it was customary to give thanks to God after a yearly harvest or other important events, right? It didn't, okay. it wasn't always just in the fall. Thanksgiving was kind of whenever it was a, usually a feast day they would do. So, and, you know, and every saint had a feast day and everybody, and it was an excuse to have a party, right? In the Americas, we've kind of got, you know, 1492, Christopher Columbus coming across in the Pinta. Okay. One of the, the captain of the Pinta, Martin Alonso goes, he falls on his knees and he's like, we've, we've, re we've found land. Thanks to God. Okay. And, you know, and they all go Gloria and Excelsis Deo. You know, it's this, you know, September 25th, 1492. But they didn't find land. They actually found a cloud and they didn't reach land for a couple weeks later. So, but that was their first Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, okay. Whoever called We Got Land needs to be fired from their job. Oh, he was the captain shit. of the boat. So, you know, it's not like you can fire him. And I guess you can't fire them, but I feel like know, he should so. have been fired. That's but what I feel like. Then we basically go to 1513. So, a little bit okay. later. And one of our famous conquistadors, Ponce de Leon, and he comes to the east coast of Florida. And he has, you know, thanks be to thee, O Lord, who has permitted me to see something new from the Spanish there. And a lot of other conquistadors use that line later because every time they would come to Florida, because it's like, hey, this is thanks for letting me see something new. Now, they have a feast day, right? So the Spanish arrive, and this isn't in November, this is in June. Okay. okay. They have this, well, well, I'm sorry, August. I'm sorry, August. August 28th, 1565, another conquistador shows up, and that is Pedro Menendez de Aviles, which I can never pronounce his last name. And he shows up in the area of St. Augustine, right? Which oh, he names yeah. it because it's the day they first spot land is the feast day of St. Augustine. Of, of you know, So that's why they name it St. Augustine. Now, when they anchor, they kind of reconnoiter and they realize the French are already here. And so they have a couple skirmishes with them. And then on September 6th, they come back near the what is the Timucuan tribe's had a little town there called Saloy. Right now, that's about where the Fountain of Youth Archaeological Park is in St. Augustine. So that'll be our first travel destination. Ooh, I like today. that. And the Spanish decide, hey, this is a nice town. Let's take it over. <laughs> and they fortify it as their base of operations, right? Yes. So on September 8th, they have a feast for the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he's going to have a formal proceeding because all the fleet is arriving. So all the Spanish are coming in. Okay. Now, this is all well documented because this is a big event, right? So one of the, the local 
priest, Father Francisco Lopez. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the rest of his name. Um, he's the he lands with many banners, and there's sounds of trumpets, and then the artillery starts going off, and he brings across a shore. Now, normally, the Spanish when they claim land, right, they kiss the flag, put the flag in the ground in the name of King Charles, right, or whoever. They, you know, is their king at the time, King Philip, I believe, at this time. But uh, anyway, this time they kiss the cross. Oh, and say praise be to God for this land. And they put the cross in the ground and they start singing a hymn of thanksgiving. Oh. Now, as this company is all kneeling besides the cross, the Seloi, who were of the Timucuan tribe, are watching this and they decide to take part in this by mimicking what they've seen they really they're trying to make peace with the spanish so they go up and start kissing the cross and so the priest you know father francisco thinks this is a fantastic thing and he's going to convert the entire tribe to christianity so he baptizes them all and then they have a big feast now so that would technically be the first thanksgiving right yeah yeah no absolutely so what did they eat that is the question so the crew would have been feasting on what was left over supplies. Probably would have been hardtack ship biscuits, uh, wine, and then their stew that they used to cook all the time, which is basically salted pork, garbanzo beans, and garlic. Interesting. So there's your historically accurate first Thanksgiving feast. Now, yeah, I th I think um, I'm just going to say that I think I had a better Thanksgiving than that. Hmm. Now, the Saloy brought local food because they saw this was a big feast, so they brought their stuff. So they brought food that they had caught because they yeah. were not big farmers, although they did have some maize. Uh, they did bring the stuff they caught, which would have been clams, oysters, probably uh, some turkey, maybe a bear, because there were bears in the area. But what the one priest commented on was the spiced lizard that they brought as a delicacy. And we realized it was giant lizards they were talking about. So they were talking about alligators. <laughs> so, so if you want a real historically accurate first Thanksgiving, get yourself some spiced alligator and uh, maybe some bear and uh, wash it down with some Spanish wine. Wow. No, I don't want that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm good. And then, of course, you know, the Spanish gave them the gift of all the European diseases, which start wiping out the tribe. But they also gained some medicine, which is why they were able to actually survive a little longer than some of the other tribes that the Spanish came into conquest with, uh, in contact with. Conquest with is probably more appropriate term. Yeah. Uh, but now that's been considered now the first Thanksgiving. And uh, the people up near Plymouth Rock called the uh, the few historians that have given this now the new first thanksgiving they call the the two guys who figured this out the grinch who stole thanksgiving uh, <laughs> so. oh my god i love that yeah but we don't think that's actually the first thanksgiving wow in, in so America. wait so let me just i want to <laughs> so none of this sounds good i'm just gonna <laughs> no we're gonna go something just a year prior we're gonna go back okay. and wait back machine one more year okay and that is remember how we mentioned that the spanish were 
freaking out because they're already French here. Spanish yes. blamed Florida in 1513. Okay. So they didn't want anybody else on here. But the French come here under King Charles the Ninth, and they have a few of the Huguenot settlers and a guy named John Revolt brings a group here. And somewhere on the banks of the St. John's River, somewhere we think in Duval County, so yeah. Jacksonville area, okay. they found a fort called Fort Caroline, named okay. after Charles. And um, and they built that in 1564, okay? Okay. So with that set up, they were open to meeting with uh, some of the other local tribe members, right? Yeah. And they wound up having a big fancy feast with the local tribe and they become friends with them and they are, you know, trying to figure out what areas they can explore, what areas they can't explore. And they're making friends with the local tribe. Again, they're giving them some diseases, but we don't talk about that right now. Uh, this is Thanksgiving. Now they were hoping to strengthen their claims in this new world and the crown you know was hoping for gold and silver as the spanish had done in south america and you know we're still having issues between the catholics and the huguenots revolt sets there he sets up the fort and he's like i'm gonna and he does the jamestown thing all over again or the roanoke thing all over again he's gonna i'm gonna get supplies i'll be back oh gosh a, which we know how that always ends up yeah guess what he got arrested uh, in England for spying. And so he doesn't come back. So the Fort Caroline disappears basically in 1562. But then uh, another person comes back, uh, Rene Golian. He shows up in 1564 and is like, oh, hey, there's a fort here. I'm going to reinforce it. I'm going to establish a colony here. And so he does that. And again, he starts talking to the locals. Now the locals this time aren't happy with him. Okay. Because what happened was when the previous French guys ran out of food, they started raiding the local tribes. So now this, the the yeah, the natives do not like the French. They're like, get the heck well, out of Dodge. Well, and it seems like when you talk about, you know, settlers coming, right? And this is something um, that I, I feel very strongly about. I mean, obviously, there were a ton of atrocities, but oh, these yeah. settlers came to already populated areas. There were people already here. So they don't really, the term settler is almost wrong to me. And it's really invader. Because yeah. even if you do a nice invasion, like, you're, yeah. you know, oh, we're going to be nice to them. Well, you're coming to take where they live. Yep. So. How yeah. nice can you be when you do that? Yeah. So with all that said, you know, they, they did try to make peace with the locals. They were having some issues. This, you know, this is their second colony. Now, Revolt re-shows up and he settles up somewhere a little further north uh, near South Carolina in uh, what is now Charles Fort. Okay. Fort Royal Sound area. And um, so Renee. And his guys down here are like, we've got to do something about these Spanish that keep attacking us. Okay. So we're going to organize a fleet and we're going to sail out and take out that colony in St. Augustine. While they're out on the water, one of those wonderful things that we like to have every couple, you know, about 20 times a year in Florida called a hurricane. 
comes up and hits that fleet. Now, oh, wow. is wiping them out. Now, at the same time, our good old conquistador down in St. Augustine, Pedro Menendez, he says, you know what? I don't like the French up there. Instead of sending boats out, though, he marches north during a hurricane. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's marching north while the boats are coming south. This should have been a crazy two battles, but instead the hurricane comes in and decides this battle for everybody. It's pretty crazy, the leftovers, because basically the French fleet is wiped well, out. Well, you know what I think we should do? I think we should take a break and come right back. And then we'll get to the Thanksgiving ghosts. Good call. Yes, yes, yes. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock? Or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. We're back. I feel like we left it with a dun-dun-dun. The uh, hurricane yeah. is coming. So, Ribault's on his way to St. Augustine. 200 sailors, 400 soldiers, all the best from Fort Caroline. And at dawn the next day, he comes upon Menendez passing this, like, sandbar, and which is uh, his men and his artillery from his boat, the San Salvador, which he had sailed up. Right? And then he was going to march okay. forward. And the French tried to capture him, and they got pretty close, but he got away, and then that's when the storm hits. That's when the hurricane hits. And the natives declared it to be the worst they'd ever seen in their history. So this is wow. a pretty bad hurricane. Yeah. So Menendez realizes this is it. I'm attacking that fort. So he marches and attacks the fort. Now he has an advantage because the fort is already weakened because the garrison's gone, right? Uh, the other boats can't get back up because they're stuck against the wind. And he got close and he did this pretty cool thing where he sounded a trumpet to summon them to surrender. And it was basically, he said, if you do not come out and surrender, you're all going to die. So they did. 
they surrendered to him. And so when he comes out, he's like, um, all right, this is this is it. You guys uh, convert to Catholicism from your Huguenot and we'll let you live. Okay. Guess what the French did? What? They didn't convert. They're like, so what are you going to do with us? Send us back to Europe? Nope. So he has all his men pull out their swords and massacre every single one of them. Oh my gosh, really? No one knows exactly how many, but it is a lot, right? Oh, I don't love um, that. And they basically, there's a small skirmish, but the Spanish just, you know, took them all, right? And there's this one artist, Jacques Lemoyne, who is, he was wounded in a battle with the Timucua. So he heard all the, the noise and heard all the slaughter and so he is documenting all this, right? And he escapes by running into the woods, but he's the one who, why we know what happened, right? With the fort, you know, one, right? Yeah. Um, as is like, well, now we got all these boats that are coming back up. I've got to take care of them because that's all those soldiers and all those men, the ones that survived the hurricane are going to be coming back. So he goes back to that sandbar. And when he gets there, some of the men have washed ashore and are coming ashore, and he gives them the same exact thing. He says, all right, surrender and convert to Catholicism. And they all go, no. And so he literally beheads all of them. What? And a lot of history says this is the one time it happens. But we know that the second group of troops don't make it up for another week, and he basically does it again to the second group of troops. You know, it's one thing to... To yeah. think people should have a certain belief system, like you want people to whatever, and we're not even going to go completely down this rabbit hole, right? Right. But it is a completely different situation going, hey, convert, or I'm just going to keep killing people. I mean, how many people is it? Uh, now we're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Oh, my God. That is and, just so terrible. Yeah. And the, the few he didn't decapitate, he hung. And uh, he put a big sign under them that says, I do not, I do this not to Frenchmen, but to Lutherans. <laughs> that's, that's how he was justifying it to himself. Um, oh my God, that's so nuts. Terrible. Now that inlet, right, used to wonderfully be called Porpoise Bay. And that was, you know, just beautiful because the dolphins were always there and everything. It changes its name to a Spanish word, matanza, which means slaughters. So oh, wow. Waters Bay. Fort Caroline is destroyed. We don't even really know where it is. That's why it's the Spanish left no, no mention of it whatsoever they could find. Uh, they burned it, destroyed it. Who knows? The fleet was, most of them were captured. Most of them were, you know, just beheaded. Now we have the Spanish build their own fort in there and they call it Matanzas, Fort Matanzas. Okay. Fort you can go visit. So when you go to St. Augustine, just got to drive a little further north, you can go visit Fort Matanzas. Fort Matanzas, uh, okay. Now, the natives, who had been particularly friendly with the French, were not happy with the Spanish and the cruelty of Menendez. And uh, the Spanish had even captured their chief for a little while. And so they were just not happy with them. Menendez, though, goes back to Cuba for relief because he needs help. He's now outnumbered by the natives and the few people who had made it back to france exaggerated all the atrocities supposedly but that's still some pretty crazy atrocities right 
Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, but they exaggerated saying thousands had died and, you know, and all this and that the water was just solid red with blood and all that. Well, that so, part probably is not inaccurate because it's inaccurate, but much. not that the whole river turned red. You know, it's uh, so that is why the French declare war on Spanish again at this time. They were already at war, but this was, you know, the, the motivational. So that all happens now. Because of all this, right, we're now going to talk ghost stories because we already know St. Augustine is filled with ghost stories, right? You've got the Castillo. They built the Castillo de San Marco there to protect themselves from the natives. They were also protecting themselves from the French who were coming back. They were protecting themselves from pirates, which were starting to become a serious problem. And the whole town is basically becomes a walled city. To protect themselves from all this. Yes. As all this is going on, of course, we now have the start of the ghost stories. Because this is, you know, there are literally thousands of deaths. Now, Matanzas Bay probably has one of the most scary ghost stories I've ever heard. Ooh, Um, I like a ghost story. I know you do. So this was told to me while we were researching one of our first books. And this guy was a fisherman. He liked to go out all the time. And one of his favorite places to fish is Matanzas Bay. A lot of clams, a lot of oysters, which brings in a lot of fish to eat the clams and oysters and all that. So so he was out on the water and it's late at night. He and his wife have had a long day of fishing, a pretty successful day. They were even thinking about coming home early because they were nearing their limit, right? They were nearing their non-commercial limit. And so they were just going to spend one more night because it was the full moon. Of course, it's the full moon. You got to spend the night on the water in the full moon. And while they're camping out, they see the moon turns red. Now, this is not a blood moon rising or anything like this. This is literally late at night. Somehow the moon is turning red, like probably going through some sort of eclipse of some sort, you know, probably, but not not a full eclipse, but just enough to change the color. Uh-huh. But because of that, it's changing the water color around them. So the water is reflecting red now, and it's looking bloody. Wait, and wa- wait, but that's not a that's not a moon thing, right? The moon can do that. It's just okay. not. That's what he's justifying this to himself, right? That that's got to be what's going on, and he's getting this weird chill. Now this is Florida. And this is June. You don't get chills on the water in Florida in June. Not in this. You get chills on the water anytime in Florida. Yeah, especially, yes, agreed. Yeah. So he goes out and he's looking out over the water, and his wife screams and runs into her cabin and says, Get us the hell out of here. Get us the hell out of here. Get us the hell out of here. He's like, Well, wonder what's going on. So he goes and kind of looking back where she was looking. And there he sees faces in the water. Hundreds. Wow. Oh, oh, no. Nope. Nope. Where is this? I need to know so I don't go there ever. Where? That is Matanzas Inlet. Not a place to go visit on a full moon, apparently. So So she said they they literally saw hundreds of faces? So did he. He said he saw them too after she had run in screaming about them. Oh He's my gosh, what? Speaking of 
demonic as my dog. Yeah, I saw, I saw. yeah. Um, uh, the that for listeners that was Tally walking behind us. She has red eye shine, and so anyway, yeah, it was. Um, I was. Oh, wait, there's a there's a demonic dog behind. There's a demonic dog, but what what movie is that that you see all the faces in the water? Well, oh, that makes me think that's of that. A lot of things like Titanic and stuff like that. But. Well, not the Titanic. There's one yeah. specifically where their heads in the wall. Oh, you know what it is? It was Alice in Wonderland. The new oh, yeah. through the looking glass with all the, the heads glass. in the water. Ah, oh, just nope. I just nope myself again. Yeah. ah, no, I don't like that. That's scary. And then one person a little while later emailed me about this. This was after Erie, Florida had come out, and I had written about the faces in the water of Matanzas. Another person emailed me and said he was out there fishing by the lake and he was out just casting his line and he heard a voice in Spanish tell him, I do this not as to Spaniards, but to traitors, robbers, and murderers. But he said he heard it in a French accent. And that was where this one guy in revenge against what had happened at Fort Caroline there was a French captain named de Gorges who hung and captured Spanish and he did it in retaliation and he would do that. And supposedly he had captured some people near St. Augustine and possibly even murdered them in that same area. Now he had heard that voice. And so that was, that was pretty cool. I thought that was, wow. uh, and he thought he saw like a galleon going up the bay, like a misty galleon. Ooh, oh, I don't. That would be kind of cool, though. It kind of right? reminds me of Ghostbusters when the, the Queen Mary docks. Yeah. I I always think of the um, the Goonies ship, you know, One-Eyed Willie's ship sailing off at the end of the at the end of the movie when uh, they let it loose. So, um, spoilers for for Goonies, uh, but <laughs> uh, um, man, yeah, right. So M- Matanzas Inlet is crazy. Now, Fort Caroline, they have rebuilt Fort Caroline as a tourist attraction in the 1950s. Okay. And then it got destroyed by a hurricane. (laughs) It was rebuilt in the 1960s, and it's still there now. But we don't know if that's actually where Fort Caroline was. There's arguments as maybe it was actually up at the mouth of instead of the St. John's River, because some of the maps are not exactly to scale that we would think of nowadays. They think it might've been the mouth of the Alahatmaha river, which is in Georgia with our good sea monster Alti. But we don't think that's true because Menendez would not have been able to march his men two days in a hurricane that far. No, that no, you absolutely cannot. No, no. So I think that one, that, one has been kind of disproven. Now, there are other possible locations. Some are even including our favorite place, Amelia Island, which I like to call, you know, the St. Augustine of the North, uh, of North Florida. It possibly had some forts there, but that island has been claimed by pirates and Spanish and French and America and all that. So if there was any fort there, it probably got destroyed over and over again. Yeah. Uh, But... With all that, that just tells us that the story of the first Thanksgiving is not what we expected, right? No, not at all. Now, as for Thanksgiving itself, right, we we know 
now that it was, you know, there were lots of Thanksgivings. There were feast days and all that. Now, do you know the year that there were two Thanksgivings? No, of course I do not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Thanksgiving is basically created in America by George Washington. Our first president says, let's have a day of Thanksgiving and let's, you know, let's make it this this one day in uh, November and we will, you know, a Thursday in November and it'll be, because that was basically the priest's midweek day. So people tend to get together anyway. Let's just make this a day. And then a lot of presidents after that try to push it as a holiday, but the Southern states don't like it. They think it's kind of them, you know, some Yankee holiday being pushed on us down here. So, so that's when the civil war breaks out right after they were trying to push it to become a national holiday. Not that the civil war was fought over that, but that was one of the many contributing factors to the civil war. So, Abraham Lincoln, though, comes out and says, we're going to make the third weekend in November, Day of Thanksgiving. And every president after that makes it the fourth weekend of November, uh, the fourth Thursday of November, Thanksgiving, until FDR. And FDR is like, we need to jumpstart the economy. So let's make Thanksgiving the third weekend. And, uh, you know, to give us one extra week of Christmas shopping. <laughs> so what happens is, is the word goes out. But as we've discussed, War of the Worlds and all of our other radio show discussions, some people go, okay, well, we'll do it on this day. And then other people go, no, 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 no. We do it on the fourth Thursday because that's how we've always done it. And then there's a few people like probably like I would have done. And said, why not both? <laughs> <laughs> two full days of feasting and, and having fun <laughs> so, oh my gosh what year was this it was 1941 so oh. of course right world war ii so we have a year with two thanksgivings and finally it's made into a national holiday and that's when we finally make it just the fourth thursday in in november and that's why we do what we do now. The only other fun thing, what else do you think of when you think of Thanksgiving besides food and family problems and massacres now? Oh, not having to put on pants. But no, it's that's nice. not what you're asking me about. What what, what do you usually sit around and watch on Thanksgiving? Not What's football. Football? So nobody, not football. But um, isn't, wait, isn't that when the Macy's Day Parade is? Macy's Parade, right? Yes, we yes. We talk about the Macy's Parade. When you think about Macy's, we always think about Miracle on 34th Street, right? No, that's not what I think about. I always think about the um, the floats, and I have to say one of my favorite things was when Rick um, asked and Rick rolled the entire Macy's Parade. The entire that's, Macy's that's what Parade, I think yes, about. yes. Well, we know of it as the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. It was actually mm-hmm. the Macy's Christmas Parade. What? Because it was the kickoff of the Christmas shopping. Oh, I didn't but know. Because it wasn't first. If you watch Miracle on 34th Street, who was Macy's arch rival at the time? Gimbals. Oh, yeah. Gimbals had the first parade in New York for Thanksgiving. And Macy's employees kind of were like, hey, you know, it was that kind of that immigrant mentality. We want to show 
pride in our work and all this. We want a parade too. So they started the parade as well, you know, a year later after Gimbals had been doing it for a year or two. And so, but that's the one that still goes and Gimbals is a thing of the past. I don't think anybody knows what Gimbals is anymore. Exactly. Not many people know what Macy's is anymore except for the parade. That's but uh, now remember the big balloons, you know, the big balloons? Yeah, no, of course the balloons, the huge balloons. Well, for years, when they first started that, the big finale of the parade was they let the balloons go. Oh, you're not supposed to end. do that. That sounds like a terrible idea. Oh, There's my God. footage out there that you can see historically of them letting the balloons go. And that ended real quickly when one of the balloons almost hit a plane. <laughs> and and caused a plane uh, nearly caused a plane crash in downtown New York. Oh so, wow! That's why that stopped. You know, they they figured the balloons would stay aloft for three or four days, and some most of them did, but this one went straight for a plane and almost took it. <laughs> oh, so that goodness. ended the 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 practice of letting the balloons go. Wow. No, I, I, anybody who says, you know, it's a good idea. I'm going to let these balloons go. I would be like, uh, no, no, that's a terrible plan. Uh, that is an uh, absolutely terrible plan. Uh, never well, let your balloons go because environmental damage alone is. Oh gosh. Yeah, no. And this is a reminder listeners, you know, some people do this for like gender reveals and stuff. Do not uh, let plastic and mylar balloons go up in the air. You might never. think, oh, I'm sending a memory. No, what you're doing is polluting the environment. That's what you're Was doing. That one uh, beluga whale just washed ashore with a, one of those star balloons inside its stomach. That's what killed it. So yeah, yeah no, release those. No, if you like want, if you want to release something, release paper lanterns. Yeah. That but can even decompose. that makes sure it's biodegradable paper. Yeah. You know, you're not even supposed to release those. So, you know, anything like that, if you want to release a memory, just burn some smoke. That's all you, you know what do. I realized, Mark? What? With all this talk of Thanksgiving. Uh. I think I realized something me and you are both very thankful for this year. What is that? That we were able to create this podcast, be a part of the podcast, but our amazing listener audience. Yes. And your letters and your words of encouragement, even the words of discouragement, at least we know it's constructive criticism for the most part. And uh, we're thankful for uh, all the people who've been involved with the podcast, my lovely wife, Carrie. And uh, we, we love that Callie, our first producer, helped so long. We're thankful to Bo, our new producer. Yay, Bo. And all of our amazing guests. Yes. Oh my gosh. So many people have reached out and we are going to have so many more guests in the coming over, even over the holidays here, gang. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh my gosh, we are exploding. Thanks to our wonderful, wonderful sponsors who've yes. already stepped up in a first year of a podcast and and doing all this good for us. And we're we're thank you for letting us make more content for everybody. This is this has been a dream, man. This has been crazy. So it has been, and we just want to say, and for everybody who comes out to events to see us, we have a bunch of events coming up in the not too distant future and we have an absolute ton for 2024 way more than we thought we're like oh we'll take it easy that's not happening so you will get to see more of you and so we just want to say thank you to everybody for being a part of it and mark i know you normally take it away but i just got to ask what is your favorite food at thanksgiving Oh, my favorite food at Thanksgiving. Well, I'm, I think that I will do a historically accurate one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have me some gator tail. I okay. Think. But, uh, but no, my favorite food 
is always just the, that dish where they put all the olives, the large black pitted olives. Oh, really? You can put one on each finger and you can play the Beetlejuice thing where you've got like the eyes on your hands. So oh that's, my that's, that's my favorite thing to do at Thanksgiving. I've been doing that since I was seven and I do not intend to stop. Wow. So um, I don't like olives. So you can have all of mine anytime we're together. <laughs> Yeah. But I would say outside of mashed potatoes, which I could just swim in a vat of mashed potatoes and be very happy. I absolutely love cranberry sauce. And oh, I feel that's like, good like it's the perfect time to get amazing cranberry sauce. So it's super exciting. Anyway, okay. On that note, I have gotten thoroughly freaked out in this episode. Don't Dude- go to you know, Matanzas Bay on thanksgiving night that's your plan so all right yeah no i'm definitely that's not happening ever ever period (laughs) ever but i i've said my many thank yous and with that my lovely partner in crime mr muncie take it away all right gang i hope you have a wonderful holiday weekend thank you so much for listening keep tuning in keep watching the skies and we will see you on the other side Mm -hmm.